0: Welcome to another message from Citizen Heights. We are located in the nation's capital where our heart is to inspire hope, remove limitations, and help you experience God's possible for your life. Join Pastors Michael and Heather Giroux in their passion to help you live your best life. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging and uplifting message. All right, good morning everyone. Wow, it is so good to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome, Pastor David and Melissa. We're so happy to be here. And some of you I know, many of you I don't, and hopefully at some point we'll get to know you all. Um, but thank you so much for just coming and being in the room and for everybody watching online today. Welcome. I'm just so blessed to be able to share with you a little bit and enjoy this last bits of summer we have together. Um, but today we are going to be in week six of the Are We There Yet? series. And uh, before we start, I just want to take a minute and just just thank my husband, Kyle, for just your support, your love. You're such an amazing leader. You're this calm... (laughs) Sometimes in our storm <laughs> with Jesus, and he's just, he's an incredible person, um, and I just love you so much. Thank you so much, and our three kiddos and our, our little circus that we've got going on right now. I just thank you for that, and um, pastors Heather and Michael, I'm just so grateful for them and the opportunity to share today and just how much they are champions of the word of God and how much they love people. I'm just so grateful for them. Um, but we're going to be talking today about surrender, and where there is surrender, there is redemption. And we're going to be talking about the story of Rahab, and it's it's just an incredible story. And the road to Jericho. We talked a little bit about Jericho this morning, and that God uses whomever he pleases. So I'm so excited. But let's just go ahead and take a moment to pray. Lord, I just thank you for this time that we have together. I just pray, Lord, that you will just open our hearts, open our minds to what you have to say to us today, and that we will just receive it in your name. Amen. So. The whole series that we've had is Are We There Yet?, right? A road trip series, and we went on a mega road trip. We were actually talking in the car today how we're good for a while for road trips <laughs> because we went on such a big one. And um, it was it was fantastic. I had a great time with my family. Um, my husband, he is a warrior at the rogue ways. <laughs> if it looks like you're going and heading towards a red, he's like, I'm doing it. And I can see the glimmer in his eye. And he's he's I've, I've converted him to the ways app. Anybody a big Waze app fan? Okay. I saw one. I, saw, I see you. I see you in the back. Some people know some people. Yes. Well, I've converted him to Waze and we were going in Georgia on um, Amazing 95, right? And there was traffic, of course, on our way to Florida. And he was like, all right, I'm going to take Waze, babe. I'm going to do it. I'm like, great. So it was some backcountry road and we got on there. And so did everybody else that had ways. We all diverted the traffic that we would have probably been in for probably 15 minutes, which turned into an hour on a back road (laughs) detour because we all did that thinking it was going to be quicker. And it just made me laugh. Not at the time. Nobody was laughing. Um, Just how sometimes that can be our walk with Jesus, right? Like sometimes we're like, okay, Lord, you're with me. We're going this way. And it might take longer. It might not have been the way you thought, but you eventually get there with his help, right? So it's, it just made me laugh a little bit as we were on this topic. Um, but today's scripture we're going to be talking about is Joshua 2, and we're going to be sharing out of verses 1 through 16. And I'm just going to read that for us. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim go look over the land he said especially jericho so they went entered the house of a prostitute named rahab and stayed there the king of jericho was told look some of the israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land so the king of jericho sent this message to rahab bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I do not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof, and she said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you, and what a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord has dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Shehan and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed." When we heard of it, our hearts melted, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family, because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from our death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord Gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. Now she had said to them, Go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. It's interesting in this passage that Joshua and the people of Israel, they were on the road preparing to enter the land of Canaan on their way to the promised land that had been promised to Abraham, their forefathers, and Jericho was the first city that they were going to enter to claim the promised land and to really... A siege is what they were preparing to do, and Joshua was the chosen servant. Abraham had passed, Moses had passed at this time, and he was the leader to fulfill the destiny of the people of Israel. And we see in Joshua 1, um, when he sent the two spies into recon the land, that the king of Jericho heard wind about this and he knew that the men were probably at Rahab's house. She had a reputation, right? She had a reputation to bring people into her home. It was just, it was her profession. It was what she, what she was known for. And they knew that that's probably where she was. Um, but what's so interesting to me is that Rahab was with, with, was without question and without hesitation covering for these spies. These were not her people. She was a Canaanite woman who had everything to lose and nothing to gain for hiding these spies. These were people that they didn't they hated each other. These were the Canaanites, were pagan worshipers. They did not believe in the true God. However, Rahab, this woman, there was something stirring in her. She didn't know what it was at the time, but we know that it was the living God that was beginning to stir in her heart, who was beginning to stir in her brokenness. She didn't know why, she didn't know where this whole road was going to lead her. All she knew is that she was approached by these men to be hidden and something in her said, "Okay, we're going to do this and I'm going to cover for you because I know who your living God is. I don't may not believe in him yet, but I know who he is." And that is incredible to me because God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care where you came from. He doesn't care what was in your past, what you were before you came to know him, before you said yes to him. And what's amazing is that for Rahab, there was a stirring in her heart. She wanted to know this God. She had heard of the miracles that had taken place, and all she knew is that she wanted that as well. It wasn't that she was an Israelite. She wasn't. She was a person in this this pagan land, but she knew that what she wanted was what they had. And that is just incredible to me, is that our sin does not define us. It is not our identity once we say yes to Jesus, once we are willing to be used by him and we surrender it all. We don't have to be in that identity anymore, just like she was beginning to see. So Rahab, she said to these men, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and a great fear of you has fallen on us. And then we skip down to verse 10 and she says, uh, verse 11, for the Lord, your God is God in heaven and above and on the earth below. That was her confession and recognition at the time, What she, all she knew, she didn't know anything else about Who she was or what was going to happen. All that she knew was that she wanted to know this God. And even before Rahab knew it, she was beginning to be used by God for such a pivotal time in history, such a pivotal time that would affect not only her, it would affect her family, and it would affect generations to come and to come and to come. And all that she knew was that she was encountering the living God through these servants, through these spies. And that what she wanted was what they had. And through her brokenness, she was becoming to know who this God was. All she had done is she'd heard these stories, but there was a stirring. And I believe that she was feeling that. And so what we're going to do today is talk about three points from the story of Rahab, that when we surrender, there is redemption in our story. So number one, if you're taking notes, be willing, not qualified, be willing, not qualified. Rahab certainly wasn't qualified to be a cog in the wheel of of this incredible story, right, that we're going to learn a little bit more about in a moment. But she did not disqualify herself because her worldly identity or her cultural identity or what she knew, all that she knew was that she wanted to be used. And she wanted what they had. She didn't even really know she wanted to be used, frankly. All she knew was that the Lord, this living God, was pulling at her to hide these spies, which frankly would have just wiped her out, wiped her family out completely. But she was so brave. She was so heroic for this act. And, you know, how many times do we disqualify ourselves? How many times do we say... That was what I did in the past. I, I, it, it can't be me. I can't tell that person about my story. I'm t- I have too much shame. I have too much guilt. I have too much baggage. I'm here to tell you that is a lie. That is a lie. And that when we begin to put on the identity of Christ, he is the one that washes away that brokenness. He is the one that changes your entire life. And what we have to do is be willing to say yes. We have to be willing we don't need to be qualified because we never will be on our own. We will, never, we will never feel perfect enough. We will never be, frankly, we'll never be good enough without him, without his love, without his peace, without his joy washing over us, washing that sin away that we've encountered. And I'm just here today to tell you, that he is just looking for willingness. He's not looking for any of us to be qualified. He's looking for us to be willing. In 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 21, it says, in a large house, there are articles, not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes made holy useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. He doesn't use perfect people. That is not what he is calling us to be. How many times, I know as a mom, I learn more from my three kids than I feel that they'll probably ever learn from my husband and I, and every day I'm like, that was a mistake, probably every hour sometimes, but I know that the Lord is walking in that journey with me and that as I try to just lean more into him, he will be there. And I just encourage you today that when we're willing to be used by him and when our faith is unshakable, that's when we start to see the miracles in our life. That's when we start to see the things that we've been praying for begin to come to fruition. It is when we are willing. It's when our faith is unshakable. Faith is not when we see things. It is for what we know can happen. And so our faith is what we are looking for to be unshakable. Rahab's faith was unshakable in a God she didn't even know. She had just heard of whisperings of what had been happening in the land, but she knew that's what she wanted and her faith was so strong in that. And when we're willing to be used by him, he will work in ways we can never imagine. He will work in ways that our lives will be completely changed. Our testimony will not only affect those in our, our circle, there will affect people that we will not even meet until we're in heaven. And I just encourage you to not let your brokenness define who you are. Let the testimony of the living God define who you are, just like Rahab did. So be willing, not qualified. Number two, your decision to surrender will leave a legacy. Because of Rahab's obedience and faith, her entire family was spared and saved. And no matter, again, what your upbringing was, whatever, you know, you had going on, it's about now and you and the trajectory of where your life and the life of those in your Circle are now going. I have seen this in my own family, in my immediate family, in our marriage. It is it is incredible to see that when you begin to make that decision and lean in and just surrender, not having it all figured out, that the your life is not only going to be the one that's affected. It's going to continue for generations to come. And that doesn't mean to say that the people in your life have their own decisions to make for Christ but they will see what is going on in your life. They will see the testimony that is beginning to happen in your life and they will be curious and they'll want it too. And for for Rahab, this is exactly what happened in Joshua 6, 22 through 23, when the Israelites were starting to take Jericho and the walls were coming down, literally, they said, go, Joshua said, Joshua said to the two men in verse 22 and 23 who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men brought out Rahab, her father and mother and brothers, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Rahab's entire extended family and all who were related to her were because of her faith. And, you know, it's it's just amazing to me to see that generational curses, generational ties, and I'm speaking from experience in my family, they will not define who you are. They will not define where you're going. It is a decision that we make when we give in and surrender to the living God that will begin to change your life. That does not mean to say there is going to be hard times that it's going to be easy road we know that but it means that you now have the living god walking on that path with you walking on that path beside you that it doesn't have to be a definition of where you were but it's about where you're going with jesus and it's just it's just incredible when we start to see those ripple effects happen over and over and over again. So our obedience to serve the Lord is what has a lasting impact on us and then on our generations as well. Number three, embrace your new identity in Christ and leave the former life behind. Because Rahab confessed her faith, she confessed it with her mouth, that Jesus, that God is, the, was the true living God. Her life immediately started changing, as we saw in 22 uh, Joshua 6, 22 through 23. That her family, they were literally taken out of the land of Canaan, out of the city of Jericho, and they were put into the area of the camp of the Israelites. That was a very, very big deal. That was huge because what began to happen is that her whole identity again began to change. She started to becoming, became like an Israelite. She is one of the first Gentiles that was adopted in as an Israelite. That is, that is incredible because of all the people in that city, God chose her to be used through her shame, through her guilt, through her brokenness, through everything she had, she was the one that the living God chose to be used by. And because of her willingness and her obedience and her faith, this is her story that she became completely new and a daughter of the living God because of her decision to surrender in that moment. And in Isaiah 43, 18 through 19, I invite you to take a minute if you can just open up and read that or it's going to be on the screen. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Let that be our declaration today. If you are struggling with your former identity, for your former past, I encourage you, write that out, put it where you can see it, and speak it out every single day. See, I am doing a new thing. And it's almost interesting, now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Because our own ways of thinking constantly go back to our old ways, right? A lot of our old thinking, we... We have to renew our mind daily. We have to speak these words out so that we believe it, so that we take on that new identity. Our identity is not who we were, it's who we are now in Christ. Once we make that decision to say, Jesus, take my life, do what you want with it. I am a willing vessel, not a perfect one. We need to walk in victory and declare that who we are in him is who we will be from this day forward, okay? We need to walk in boldness. We need to walk in confidence. It doesn't give us a leash to just live any way we want, right? It doesn't give us a license to just say, well, we'll be forgiven. We're not going to want to, though. I don't know about you, but when you make that decision, you want to begin walking in the truth of the living God. The word of God is our guidebook. Take hold of it, read it every day, take it in, renew your mind. That is our guidebook along with the Holy Spirit that we now have. My husband preached an incredible message in our Dulles campus on um, Father's Day about the Holy Spirit and how he was the gift and the helper that Jesus left us when he went back to heaven. That is who we have now in our corner every single moment of every single day to live out this identity. So let's stand in that power. Let's stand in the power that we have in Christ and boldly, boldly stand in it because we're going to need it. The attacks are going to come. We know that. They're gonna come, they're gonna try, but we don't have to give in to that. We can say, I am a daughter of the king, I'm a son of the king, and I declare this new identity in him, just like Rahab did. Her story is is just beautiful, and you may have heard it before. I had heard it a while ago, and then when I was studying this, I got to reread it, and it's it's just amazing that her road to redemption led her to marrying one of the two spies. His name was Salmon, that she had hidden in her home that day. And after they got married in time, she gave birth to Boaz, who married Ruth, if you know the story of Naomi and Ruth and Boaz. He married Ruth, who gave birth to Obed, who was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David, King David, through whose lineage... Jesus was born. Rahab became King David's great-great-grandmother and Jesus' 35th great-grandmother. Rahab, this Canaanite woman who was broken, shameful, who was not of the line of Jesus, was used by her because of her faith, because of her surrender. She was the great, 35th great-grandmother of Jesus Christ And I just encourage you today, that can be our story. That is our story as well. It is the same living God that she served, that she chose to serve, that she chose to give her life to, is who we now have as well. When we choose to surrender, when we choose to just lay it all there, and today, I just, it's, just, it's just a beautiful story of redemption. And as we start to wrap up today, I just wanna remind you that nothing, nothing is impossible for our Savior. If you came in today feeling broken, feeling shameful, or maybe you haven't and you know that the living God is here, I encourage you to continue renewing your mind, continuing to walk in that. But if you didn't and you came in today feeling that, today is a new day. Today is a new day. You do not have to live like that anymore. He washes us clean. He fixes our broken hearts. He renews us and he takes us into an incredible story of redemption when we choose. It doesn't just happen, it is intentional. It's an intentional choice to say, I can't do this anymore on my own. I am broken but I leave it at the feet of Jesus. I leave it at the cross. And I just encourage you today, if that is you, run into the loving arms of your Father today. Don't leave here the same that you came in. Don't leave the same, start fresh and know that any of our stories can become an incredible story of redemption when we choose, when we choose to just give in to the Lord. And I just encourage you today, I'm gonna just close by praying for a couple groups of people today. First, this this may be the first time you're hearing about a living God. This may be the first time that you've really heard about what He is and what He can be. And if that's you today and you just have that pulling that you wanna know who this God is, I would like to pray for you today. And the second group, is maybe you've already given your life to God. Maybe you're already walking in that that victory and you're walking in that, but life is life and it's knocked you down a little bit and it's shaken your faith. And I, I understand many times in my life, that's been me. And I just encourage you today, start fresh with the Lord. Take time today to renew that relationship you have with Him, So I'm just gonna invite you and ask you to just take a moment and let's bow our heads and close our eyes. And if that's you in either of those categories, I just invite you to slip up your hand so that we know who we're praying for because we want you to be a clean person in him today. Thank you so much, I see that hand. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Let's take a minute. We're gonna pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I know that I am a sinner in need of you. I ask for your forgiveness of my sins and be the Lord of my life. I confess that you are the one true God and I commit from this day forward to live my life for you. Let me never be the same again. In your name, amen.